Currency.com offers literally thousands of tokenized assets from stocks, indexes, and cryptocurrencies that you can trade, but not in the United States. I spoke with their CEO, Stephen Gregory, and he told us about the path to getting regulation to be able to offer all those assets all over the world. You don't want to miss this one. That's dope. That's dope. But currency.com, you guys clearly have the tokenize everything ethos. Yeah. That's yeah. got to be challenging in the United States. Yeah, so we actually don't do that stuff in the U.S. So like, right. that's abroad. Right. Um, so the company's sort of like, you know, in Europe, they're CFD brokers. And sort of we sort of came out of that initially and then sort of added the cryptos and everything after that. And now we're becoming more, much more of a crypto company. So we sort of had an idea of like trade everything, trade anything at any time. And we just listed a lot of pairs and it had a lot of leverage and a lot of, you know, just cool products we thought we'd engage with. I think as we've gotten bigger and the rules change, we're sort of breaking up based on jurisdiction, where you can do what you can, and then you know, sort of assess like the risk and you know. What are the benefits of tokenizing assets? I think it's just so much easier to like manage order books. You know what I mean? If you don't have to deal with like share delivery or anything like that, you don't have to do like custodian stuff. You know, everybody sort of knows what they're doing. They're just trading the volatility. Like you're a trader, you know, like you don't really want to vote at shareholder meetings, right? You want to just see if it goes up or down. Right. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, we saw what happened with GameStop on Robinhood when you have 48-hour clearing. I know, yeah. The, one of our best things was during that time, we didn't go down. And then on Reddit, everybody was like, they're still going, they're whatever. So we were just ripping because of that. How did you guys manage to get the name Currency.com? Uh, I guess like the greatest domain yeah, in history. We have Currency.com, Capital.com, and then we just bought another one. I don't know if I can share it, but we bought another really like good first, you know, like one-word domain. Um, that we're going to launch soon. So the plan is sort of to have a broker dealer here in the U.S. under Capital.com, and that'll be very like traditional assets. And then Currency.com will be the crypto. So a broker dealer would be uh, E-Trade, Robinhood, yeah, yeah, Schwab yeah. competitor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not and tokenized. Not tokenized. Yeah. My background was as an attorney before, so like I sort of understand some of that stuff, and I still do some of that stuff. But so I always had a path in mind to sort of be able to offer some of those products using existing licenses versus how they want to do it. I think like. Their proposal is definitely better, but there's a license called the designated contract market, which is like the full exchange. And then there's a um, futures commission merchant, which is sort of like a broker. And I thought that would be the easier license to be able to offer those products. And if their proposal succeeds, it sort of eliminates the FCMs. So it sort of like complicates, you know, like the, the light dealer. That's really well, like it sounds the, like one would be better for your business and one would be better for longer term adoption. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty simply. Like, because if you run like a full commodities exchange, you know, there's a lot of compliance that has to do with that. You know what I mean? You have to like, you have to get to scale pretty quickly to make that yeah. all work. What kind of law were you practicing? Uh, just like, I was very junior lawyer, like securities litigation. You know? But it was securities. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I don't, that well, was I was like, gonna ask how you make the pivot to, yeah. you know, an, ex an exchange and, and the crypto yeah. industry. I'm so, always curious how people end up in this I know, it was kind of a gamble. Space. Yeah, like the time, so it was like 2016, the end of 2016, uh, some of my friends were like talking about it and I had bought Bitcoin like Ether had just sort of came out, you know, everything was like sort of heating up, but like very under the radar. And then I pitched it to the partners of the law firm I was working on. I was like, hey, we can go after some of these companies. Like they're all going to get these money transmitter licenses, which like allow you to do business in the States. I think they probably don't know what they're doing. We would solve a lot of legal problems pretty quickly. And the partners of the firm were like, hey, no. Wrong like keep, yeah, keep doing what we told you to do. And like sit back, you know, go back to your desk. And I was like, I don't know. I feel like I kind of want to make a change. And then um, Jim and I was like hiring. There was like 10 people at the time. I uh, went to Gemini, got hired, did like all the compliance, you know, for you know two two and a half years there, 
and then left to go to CXIO, which is a big uh, older European exchange, which is like sort of flies under the radar, but it's like a really big scale if you're like you're in the crypto space. I uh, did that and I ran um, bringing their, their European exchange to the US. So I launched it, got all licenses in a year, did all that and like set them on a great path. And then um, when I was there, currency.com reached out to me and were like, do you wanna come sort of do the same thing? If you've been following me for the last few months, then you definitely know that I've been trading and investing on BitGet. Now listen, it took me six months to decide that they were going to be the sponsor for the newsletter. But once I saw their partnership with Juventus, that they were the world's leading copy trading platform in crypto, and also that they're a top five exchange by volume, well, I was sold and I was convinced. And I've been using it ever since to dollar cost average and to invest in Bitcoin. You can also trade there with leverage, but of course, be careful if you're gonna do that. And I don't know if you saw the recent news, but they've also done a deal with Lionel Messi. Now, you can get up to an $8,000 bonus using my link below, and you can trade spot with absolutely no fees. You also get a 15% discount on trading leverage. Go ahead and sign up right now using the wolfofallstreets.info slash bitget. Claim that huge reward and use the world's best trading platform. So it's kind of like a slow transition. You were like a lawyer and then you were kind of yeah. doing that at Gemini and then you transitioned to just basically running. Yeah, so it was exchanges. like compliance and executive. I feel like, you know, with a space like this where the rules were so unsettled, everybody was asking compliance and lawyers everything anyway. And then so, you have, and, and uh, good luck getting a straight answer. How can you even, uh, you're saying people come to you to understand compliance, but we don't have clear regulations, so how can you ever give a... I know, I know, and it's like, every year it changes. Like, I was talking to somebody yesterday, and I was like, think about in like 2018, like with the IRS, like what we, how we filed crypto taxes. Like, we didn't do anything, because like, none of the exchanges had any guidance. There was guidance from like 2015. And now think of what we do. Like we it's do basically- It's 10 times harder than any other industry. It's hard. Yeah, we basically do what broker dealers do now. And it's like, that's such a short time. And you've seen companies like, that didn't, crypto tax software companies didn't exist like four years ago. Now they're like raising a billion dollar valuation. So it's like, it's coming fast. And I think, um, you know, if you have like, going through the process, like I've gone through the licensing process a couple of times now, if you have kind of that acumen to be a like, oh, we need to do this, we don't need to do this, even though the state law says this, it actually really means this. You can really sort of streamline some things. So like, you know, for some of these startup exchanges, they'll go pay like, you know, like Paul Hastings, the law firm, like two million bucks to like go get all the licenses. But like, you could probably do it yourself for like a tenth that. Right. If you know what you're doing, you know what I mean? So like, but you have to go state by state. Yeah, 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 yeah. And even that's like changing and difficult. I mean, so do most just say, forget the United States? Yeah, I think, I don't know. I feel like, unfortunately, I think a lot of the exciting products or offshore now, you know, and you know, that's difficult. Like you can't like perpetual futures and stuff. Like everybody loves that stuff, but like you can't do it here, you know? So it's like, you know, all the fun, like sort of like ribbon finance, all that kind of stuff, like it's sort of a gray area. But, like that stuff's super cool. You should be able to do that in the US. I think like, well, I mean, as a individual free human, you should be able to basically do whatever you want with your money. I guess I can understand why regulators would want the companies to be compliant when they're doing yeah. it, but it's kind of absurd that as an American citizen, you're Yeah, like blocked. I could go to like a casino right now. I literally, and go, we, you and I can go spend everything we every have on lottery dollar I have. tickets at and the nobody bodega downstairs. Yeah, one question. I can make a red buy back for a million bucks right now if I want to do, but like if I want to buy a professional future, like it's not possible. Or if you want to, even to further that, if you want to invest in your friend's company and you aren't accredited. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know, I know. I know, crazy rules, crazy rules. 
Yeah, it seems like uh, they really want to protect us from opportunity, unfortunately. But, yeah. So, but that has to be a massive challenge for yeah. you guys as you build. So yeah. do you just continue testing things offshore while you wait for regulation to... So I think what my like genesis going forward is like now we're in the bear market, so everybody's sort of building stuff. I think the way to do it now is just find products that are still attractive to the retail within the narrow confines of law. So like you can do some stuff and you can, we just really haven't really pushed that boundary. And I think like now when we're more hungry for users, like when it, the volumes aren't just crazy, you can actually focus on rolling those products out. And I think like, you know, you're seeing like Coinbase and stuff rolling out a lot of passive investment products and stuff like that. I think that stuff gets bigger. And I also think like, you know, people want to be into crypto, but like they don't want to go on Uniswap and like figure that out. Like people aren't crypto native, they're not going to do that. But like if you could package up those cool products and simplify them to retail, I think that they really start to see the utility of, you know, crypto and get more invested in it. How do you do that? I got some ideas. I think we're going to roll out. Can you out. share any of them? Uh, I, I, I said I wasn't going to because I want to roll out of these products, but um, I think there's, you know, it'll say like passive investment products. And I think okay. like using um, like legal structuring in different ways. And I think that, could be attractive to retail people. So I think like, think like LegalZoom, I think crypto, I think like that could be, there's a cool mix in there that we could figure uh, some. Uh, assuming that uh, regulators get in line or at least are, are somewhat reasonable, do you think we get to a place where we can tokenize effectively everything and trade it? I, the, the thing I was thinking about too, like, like clearing brokers, like that doesn't need well, that, to exist. That's the dumbest thing. That I mean, doesn't the, need to exist. There's literally no reason that I can't just sell you something. Or like transfer agents, like yeah. this stuff still exists. And there's like huge industries behind this. But like we can run an exchange, like you even saw like when you know exchanges go down, nobody blows up because all the leverage is just in that exchange and you can only really risk what you have. Right. So it's like, it's such a safer system, so much better. So I hope we get there eventually. I think the CFTC has to relax on some of those rules though. I think that's gonna like, if they're gonna be like the main regulator for this stuff, like they gotta relax to some of these rules and let people actually use like products. Well, I think there's a better chance that the CFTC would relax than the SEC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think I'd personally rather do the CFTC. I feel like it's more careful in like how it's laid out. I think it's just like, aside from like having like overly broad definitions of like certain things like market manipulation, but I think like how their rules are structured, like how, you know, they do different exchanges, how they do different products and how you manage your own exchange. I think it's sort of better there. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think the whole industry right now seemingly agrees with that. It seems like there's a million exchanges at this point. So how do you differentiate yourselves and, yeah. and compete? Yeah, I mean, I, I think part of it's products, and I also think like a lot of it's marketing too. And I think like you buy arena. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Some arena rights. I know. It's like patch rights. Yeah. I think like we had um, a guy who worked at our company who's a marketing guy and like really put me onto this like thinking about stuff and like sort of it's just more like internet traffic. You know what I mean? Like you're buying eyeballs a lot of times, but you're trying to buy eyeballs at the right time and the right you know sort of structure. And I think that like. Some of the exchanges here in the U.S. aren't that good at that. And I think, like, you can scale really quickly if you, like, you know, devote more efforts to that kind of stuff. I mean, you're a great marketer, you know. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I don't really have, like, the deep knowledge of SEO and targeting. And yeah. Videos. It's more organic, but I would imagine that in your business, it's very much about how cost-effective it yeah. is to hit those eyes and to make sure that they're the right eyes. I think a lot of companies, to your point, you just sort of do these sweeping marketing. For most people, you need to, like find that person that might actually sign up. Yeah. Like marketing to a 13-year-old like teenager doesn't uh, yeah, it doesn't, help, it. doesn't help and that's wasting your marketing dollars. Yeah. But it seems like people, not in the United States, but elsewhere have so many options where to trade. So many perpetual futures products yeah. as, as you've talked about. So how do you win 
those people? Like, how do you convince them that you're the place to be? Trained? Yeah, you know, currency.com is a great name. Yeah, it's a starters. it's a good name. I think like we haven't like our exchange of offshore is really really good. I think we need to bring like that here and have like we're gonna roll out some things with like AI type stuff and to like figure out your trading patterns and then sort of like coach up people and say like, hey, you make mistakes at this time. Oh, Maybe you so, should back so up. Maybe you should, and things like that. And I think like alerts and like more systems like that to sort of give people like to take them from like very early on just buy Bitcoin and like hold it to like actually actually trading it, like understanding how the charts work and stuff like I think if you think of like your own journey, you know, like I know mine, like I didn't know anything about how like charts works or anything like that. And I sort of just learned it. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, there's way more depth to this. It's really cool. Yeah. So I think like some of that stuff and like, you know, teaching people like how Etherscan works and stuff like that. Like then you're, you're going to get way deeper into it. I yeah. Think. You talked about buying Bitcoin and Ethereum in the very early days and trying to convince the partners to be involved. Are you still holding that Bitcoin? Ethereum? I, yeah. Yeah. I, I hold a bunch of stuff. I stake now on Ether. So like that's sort of like my move for in the in the actual ETH 2.0 yeah yeah I was early in that and I was like all right I think this would be good it just seems like it's like a bond that pays forever you know like yeah I, I was speaking with uh Jeff Dorman from Arca oh yeah he was basically saying because I you know they, they kind of blew up with Luna but I was we were we were talking about all these C5 blow-ups and how maybe that search for yield has been dampened by people and he made the argument he's like whatever the you know ETH staking contract is should be the benchmark yield that's yeah for everything in crypto so like if you can get seven percent there then you're not gonna go get five percent somewhere else you get seven percent plus yeah so maybe we have a rehash of the sort of yield conversation but in a safer manner I mean you couldn't have you guys watching all these things explode was that scary not for us. Thankfully, like we didn't borrow any money and we don't like lend out customer money. So we're funded by a VC, like uh, founders like VC. So we, and we were very like cash positive, like the, you know, all through 2021, like, you know, month after month, it's like bigger yeah. and bigger and bigger. So we didn't really get exposed like that. I mean, I remember seeing that stuff go down and I was like, this is pretty scary. Right. But even if you weren't exposed to the contagion, I just mean for market perception. Oh, yeah, yeah. Potential customers that could have been yours getting completely wiped out. Yeah. Things like that. Or do you think that, that you were just sort of immune to it? We, we saw like some of those things. We have a monster day for the exchange and then like people will get wiped out and you have like nothing for like two weeks. So that, like, that, that, that you can see that in every single chart on every single Yeah. Exchange. And you're like, that's just tough because you're like, damn, everybody's like way out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think there's a perception that a lot of people think that the exchanges want you to lose your money because they make money. Maybe they want you to lose your money slower. I don't know. But they certainly <laughs> want you to remain a customer. Yeah, oh, yeah, and, yeah. And yeah. not get liquidated and never come back. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's not an infinite amount of new traders, especially in a bear market, who are going to come in once they've lost their money. Yeah, I know. And, like, you see, like, you know, customer support tickets ramp way up after a big drawdown, you know what I mean? Because everybody's pissed. It's like, Terrible customer like uh, journey, you know what I mean? They're not like the satisfaction is gonna be terrible. Is that they true? Like they literally, is it sort of they want someone to blame? So yeah, they, they just they hit up customer service and say, <laughs> "You triggered my stop." Yeah, like you know, what is this? Tips above, like yeah, which is tough. But I mean, we have a good customer support team, so it's like you get through it. But you know, did you during the last bull run? Did you guys have major customer service challenges with just onboarding? Yeah, yeah. I mean, thankfully, that's the one thing that like I learned at Gemini that I was able to take through, you know, doing it a couple times, and the vendors have gotten much better. So you can sort of piece together like different AI web crawlers, like different stuff that scan the photos. So you can automate like, you know, over ninety five percent of onboards. So it's pretty quick now. You know what I mean? So you don't really have those huge buildups like you you used to. Because last year, I mean, I, I when I spoke with at the time like Steve at Voyager and. Uh, 
it was Catherine Coley, I think, at Binance oh, yeah, US yeah. at the time. They were like, and even CZ, he said, I, he said, there aren't enough customer support people in the world that I could hire right now to handle. Oh, yeah. This is, we're talking about like April 2021. Oh, you yeah. Know? And he was like, there's not enough people in the world that we could hire <laughs> yeah, yeah. to make our customers happy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just a, a human problem. <laughs> That's interesting that you say there's enough AI that could basically handle a lot of that. I think because you, there were waiting lists like month, two oh, months yeah. just to. I, I, we, I, we had that in like at Gemini in like the, you know, the first run up. And I remember it was like, it was all hands on deck. Like every person was like checking IDs, like every person in the company because you're just trying to get people on the platform. But now I feel like once you sort of learn how the vendors work and learn how to like piece together and you have the right people like doing the development, it's pretty good, I think. So what do you think the biggest challenges moving forward for this space are? Do you think there's anything that can stop it? it n definitely not. I think the one thing I want to see change, I was thinking about this today, is I would love the credit card merchant codes to change. I think that would be like, like if anybody's watching from Visa or MasterCard, be like, that, just please change it. The 6051 code is makes it high risk, like way more rejections. Like it just, it's not working for us. You know what I mean? Like I think that if we could figure out how to get that better, you know, it'll solve a lot of problems. That was an unexpected one. Yeah, no, I was trying to think of it. Didn't see that coming <laughs> yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's perfect. And as far as onboarding, I mean, do you think that right now it's really just regulation that's the biggest barrier? Uh, I, I was thinking about this too. Like, I think like when I want to order something from my house or something like that, I go on Amazon because there's my credit card there and just yeah. I, one click and it's done. I don't even care if it's more cheaper or more expensive or whatever. No, I just do it. It's easy. I don't even know if it's cheaper. Yeah. I don't even look. I just, that's the price. If Amazon says that's the price. Yeah. But I don't have to type in 16 digits. Like perfect. I think if we can get more like the Apple Pay stuff on the exchanges and get that like just one click. I think that'd be good. I would like to see like crypto exchanges pivot to being like more like full service banking type things. Like you pay your bills, you can do everything. So you get direct deposit in there and then you could like get yields, you could lend it out, you could do whatever. And I think that would be, you know. I mean, that's the theoretical promise of DeFi, but I think we're so far. So from, far, from yeah. Being able to do that. Yeah. Imagine having to do that, but like signing transactions in your MetaMask wallet and typing in, you know, OX, blah, 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 blah. It's, it's just, just yeah. as much as we kind of want mainstream adoption right now, it's so, yeah. so evident that it's not usable unless you're crypto native. Yeah, 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 yeah. But do you think that we can build tools eventually where it is as... I, I think so, yeah. I think now that like some stuff's starting to get into the mobile app, I mean the mobile phones, I think that we're going to get closer. And like I get the most excited for bear markets too because like... Like remember every every person I've talked to in exchange says that. It's just true though, because like all the cool stuff is you know it's coming soon. You know what I mean? Like right before DeFi summer, you're like, oh, this was like the bottom. I knew like people that I respected that were older than me were like, I'm going back to like whatever asset manager, I'm going back, like I'm out, I'm done. And then all of a sudden DeFi summer just exploded and you're like, whoa, there's some really cool stuff out there. Like I have to read all about this, like I have to interact with it. So I think we're like Almost the precipice of that. So you're saying when our friends start quitting and giving up, it's time to buy everything. Uh, that's, <laughs> Not financial advice. That's why, yeah, yeah internal market. Those, those literally are the best bottom signals that there are. It, I, we're not quite seeing it yet. I am not seeing it yet. That's like, once the guys you like respected that are like serious guys are like, I'm out, like, you know, back to Credit Suisse, you know what I mean? And you're like, okay, buy time. We're coming. Incidentally, I met two guys from Credit Suisse today who are trying to get into crypto. Oh, yeah, Walking yeah, around yeah. their name tag, Credit Suisse. So they're all here, right? Yeah. I mean, listen, you've been through Gemini and you sort of described the journey. Did you think that in 2022 we'd be talking about BlackRock? Oh, yeah, I uh, know. You know, Fidelity, uh, Citadel. I know. It's they would all be here. 
I know. It's so crazy because, like, the way you sort of see it from the exchange perspective is, like, I can't reveal too much, but, like, the way they do it is, like, the family office for... Oh, of course. ...comes on first. Here. And then you're like, oh, we're onboarding, like, this guy's family office. And, like, you know they're messing around with the platform, they're experimenting, and then, like, six months down the line, like, the huge institutions are in. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, like, where Ken Griffin was. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're like, that guy, ID looks familiar, you know? <laughs> which, which, which makes perfect sense that they would sort of test it first. But it sort of gives this interesting co- co- cognitive dissonance to me because we cheer the presence uh, of them, but we were supposed to be... Yeah, uh, and I also think everybody's like... Short the banks, right? Yeah, oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. And everybody's like, oh, it's going to cram down the fees, it's going to cram down... And I'm like, no. I don't see them, like... Legacy financial institutions have not had a great track record of, like, coming in and succeeding and beating out native crypto companies. I just don't really see it, so... We'll see. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think you can hire as many people as you want, but they just don't get it. Yeah. So as a as a platform, as an exchange, is there a major competition for onboarding or being the first to get those institutional clients as well beyond retail, or is the focus primarily on retail? I think we're we're more retail on like our platform and like our OTC desk is like, you know, a little more institutional, but you know, definitely more retail. I think, you know, at first I was like apprehensive to do focus more on retail. But then I think it's actually sort of better because I, institutions really only want to trade if it's like 0% maker fees and then like a pain in the ass about like onboarding you, like they're emailing you all the time. It's like time suck, everything suck, and you don't really get that much revenue out of them. Like the second they have, don't have an advantage or a rebate, they're gone. So retail is like a little more loyal and yeah. you can actually build a product that's like a little more rewarding. You know, they're not just like shopping, you know? So I don't know, 2024, spring 2024, we're out of it. We're, you know, bull market's kicking off again. So. I guess just weather the storm. I'm thinking, hopefully next summer. We you talk about weather the storm, but for you, it's build as much as I can. Yeah, no, I think so, definitely. Before you become a customer service agent like everyone else, trying yeah. to onboard all these new people. Yeah, because like you actually get to work on the product versus like you're just like putting out fires when the bull market's raging. You know what I mean? You're just trying to like keep everything going. I'm curious. I haven't actually asked anyone at an exchange this. How much percentage-wise, or even just increase, are you seeing people utilizing mobile versus? Uh, we're yeah, so we focus more on our app obviously than the mm-hmm. desktop version. So we probably see like seventy thirty split. So I don't know if that's consistent with other ones, um, but yeah, I mean it's hilarious thinking about everybody. I, I I've done it, trading, yeah. just trading from your phone. Yeah, I, I would only trade spot from my phone. I think yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 no, 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 trading from your phone. Like that's scary enough. Dude, I, I can't. I've, I, I can say that in probably, I don't know, the 10 years I've had an iPhone, I maybe 1% of the time have successfully typed a sentence without them yeah. correcting a word for me. So I would hate to uh, be the fat finger guy on leverage who takes a, oh, yeah. uh, adds a zero to my, my contract. Yeah. Or types the wrong numbers. Do you actively trade? Uh, I don't have time anymore. Like I, So you did? I did. I liked it. I didn't know what I was doing. And like, I wasn't great at it. And I like... Nobody is. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I, Spoiler. I, I, Nobody's yeah. great at it. Because like, I, you know, I, I sports betted for like forever. And like, that's great when you're watching a game because you're in it. But when you start discovering perpetuals, you're like, at any time of the day, I can get action. And like, that's pretty fun. But then you're like, this is just, like, I can't yeah, stare at gambling 24 seven. And I can't stare at a computer screen 20 hours a day. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, I remember the first days of, before it was banned, but of online poker being available, like sitting there playing four tables at three o'clock in the morning, like <laughs> yeah, degenerate yeah. in my 20s. And maybe that's bad, maybe that's not that great. And that, that really is though, how, how I think a lot of people yeah. treat crypto. Sometimes I like if I'm in an airport and like have a layover and it's like two hours, I'm like, all right, let's, yeah. let's buckle up, let's see what's do going still, on. Do you still sports bet? 
Ah, uh, yeah, 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 definitely, yeah, yeah. That's pretty fun. Is there a place for crypto and sports betting? I think so. I mean, I, I definitely have you ever done. Have you ever done any of like you know crypto based sports betting? Yeah, I did it just to sort of see. Like, I always test every other product that's out there. So, like, I'll go on like those sites to buy some Bitcoin, do some bets, see what the user experience is like, and see if there's anything like we can bring over to like you know crypto stuff. I think the thing about sports betting is like. For so many years, we only saw like the spread bets. Like we didn't see much like variation, and now we're starting to see different stuff, like the points bet, where you can get like you know different things. So I think that should be like a lesson in crypto. Like we've seen you know the spot trading, like the very basic stuff. Like now we can find like some new products to make it like a little more interesting. I think. Yeah, I'm not a huge sports better, but I love fantasy football, so I bet I obviously bet on that and the player props. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you've seen that, but now you you know it used to be. You choose your players, you choose your team. Now it's at a very granular level. Granular level. How many yards will this oh, get? How many touchdowns will this get? I mean, you can literally... Like what color will the Gatorade be? If yeah, you li- I mean, you can literally bet on everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think, think people should have that freedom. I agree. Like, consenting adults should be able to do, like, what they want. Like, that's sort of, you know, what America was founded on, you know? Like, can, you, can you call up Gary Gensler? <laughs> yeah. I know, I know. Cancel that one. I know. Well, I look forward to seeing what you guys build in the future. It's a great conversation. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. So you'll have to come back uh, and update us in a yeah. few months. Yeah, I will. Definitely. Thanks All so right. much. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.